Welcome. If you're a woman who has a sense that there's more out there for you, you're in the right place. I'm Whitney Baker, host of the Electric Ideas podcast. Somewhere along the line of working kids, life carried on, but I lost track of my truth. I'm on a reflective journey, and that's what this podcast is all about. Each week, I interview a woman who is lighting her own path and offering others hope. Before our conversation ends, we'll share a reflective question for you to explore. Sometimes all we need is a jolt, a fresh idea, an aha moment that connects us to a sense of possibility. This, my friends, is what I call an electric idea. Welcome back to Electric Ideas. Today's guest is Nicole Annette. Nicole is the creative soul and deep thinker CEO behind Journal Junkie, a journal coaching and publishing company. For 20 years, Nicole has taught people how to use the transformative power of having a mindful writing or journal practice in order to create the flourishing life and careers they desire. So welcome, Nicole, to the show. How are you today? I'm well, Whitney. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to have you. And I, you are the journal junkie, a journaling expert. So I feel like for the sake of my audience who in my community might be coming at this from different perspectives, I just want to kind of establish that journaling is different than keeping a daily diary that just kind of tracks what you do. And for some right. people, that's where this kind of shift of understanding starts. So I thought maybe we could start by you just telling us what journaling in your mind is all about. Yeah. Have you ever started a new relationship with someone? And what's the first thing you do with that in that relationship? You have a conversation and another conversation and another conversation. And then slowly you begin to develop a closer relationship, right? And so as we grow in that relationship, we begin to establish trust with that person. And then eventually that turns into love of some kind. And I feel like journaling is the same exact thing, except we're having that relationship building with ourselves. And so the more we're able to have that one-on-one conversation and ask ourselves important questions and just be curious about who we are, how we respond, why we respond, who's in the room when we respond certain ways, and just really digging deep to understand how we show up in the world and why, and building and cultivating that relationship and allowing ourselves to establish trust with ourselves, and then eventually that self-love. That's what journaling means to me. That's what it's all about, is just holding space for yourself before you're able to even hold it for others. You've got me on the edge of my seat already because you're right. And I I love, uh, thank you for sharing that thoughtful explanation with us because it is true. I'm picturing way back in the day going on a first date or, you know, meeting a new friend and you ask these questions, but a lot of us don't ever give ourselves space or permission to ask questions of ourselves. Right. Yeah, because I think that we think we know ourselves and we do. We know ourselves expertly, but so many times we try to hide that knowing and hide from that knowing. And that's, it doesn't serve us because we already know who we are. And so would you fall in love and marry someone you didn't even know? Most of the times, no, but still we try to be with ourselves every single day, but not really knowing ourselves. And I think that doesn't allow us to show up as fully as we can and live to our fullest potential and essentially flourish in our lives and businesses. Okay. So you mentioned self-love a lot, and I know that's 
you know, a, a buzzword that is in a lot of communities right now, but help me understand a little bit on a little bit more deeper level, what the connection in your mind is between journaling and reaching a place of, of deeper self-love. Because journaling for me, the first step is awareness. And so understanding again, who you are, what are you thinking? What are you feeling and how your thoughts and feelings affect your choices and behaviors? That's essentially what our life is, right? Our thoughts lead to our lives. And so when we're able to get comfortable with that awareness, when we're able to sit with the good, bad, and the ugly of who we are, when we're able to find that eternal voice and be true to ourselves and honest no matter what, we learn to appreciate our stories as they are. So many times I feel like, and I've seen this with the women in my community, we're living identities that other people put on us. We're walking into stories, we're moving into stories that are created from us externally by other people, by our parents, by our childhood. And we never learn to disassociate from those stories and see what do I really want? Who am I really? Why am I living this story when I really don't have to? And we really don't understand that until we're able to build that self-awareness. And then again, I really appreciate who we are as an individual and create our own identity and our own stories and listen to our own voices. And that self-respect, knowing who you are, respecting yourself where you are, even when you fail or make mistakes. We are so, we're always, I'm sure you do this. I do this. We all do this. Our inner critic is so loud. And when you can't meet your inner critic on, on paper, then she wins every single time. And so listening to our inner critic all the time, we, we can begin to self-depreciate and listen to those negative voices and then live our stories based out of that, out of doubt and out of fear and out of the feeling of not being worthy. And I really feel so strongly about journaling because it really helps to dismantle all of those thoughts, dismantle the feelings and get down to the core of who we are as a person and deciding how you want to move forward. That's what I think the association is between self-love, appreciation and the writing practice experience. Mm -hmm. And something that bubbled up for me as you were offering that illuminating response was, was this concept of self-trust mm-hmm. as you're, as you continue to have this dialogue with yourself. Right. So how, how can having kind of a regular journal journaling practice develop self-trust? It's a good question. Well, this will also tie into how to begin a journaling process. And it starts here because it's hard to start sometimes. It's hard to listen to our voices. You're exposed when you're on the paper. When you really let your thoughts out of your brain, put it on paper, that's when they begin to be malleable and tangible. And you can do something with them. So many of us keep our thoughts contained in our heads. So I try to say, when you have one true thought, write that down. And Whitney, you don't, you won't understand how hard it is for people to put pen to paper, to get that one thought out onto paper, your very true and honest, vulnerable thought. That is so hard for many, many people. 
And that's what I mean by building that self-trust. Did you trust yourself enough to speak to yourself? Did you trust yourself enough to know that your thought is true? Do you trust yourself enough to just be honest with who you are? And every time you write down one true thought, and that's enough, and you leave it in that book, and you're able to look at that from all angles, you're able to see how you under, I mean, understand how you feel about that thought, what you think about that thought, how that thought will shape your choices moving forward, it gets really serious. And then as you go, you write down your next true thought. And that is all. And as we continue to connect with the truth of who we are, that is what builds trust. When you commit to yourself and you say, you know, I'm going to commit to, let's just use writing in the journal, any habit, any growth, personal growth development strategy we're trying to develop, any new habit we're trying to develop, committing to ourselves and putting it on paper, I am going to commit to this today. And then you go back and you realize I committed to myself today. That builds self-trust. And then tomorrow you can say, I'm going to commit to this today. And when you look back at your journal and you see that you did commit to that, that builds self-trust. And so keeping our word to ourselves through our writing, through our voices, that's another way to build your self-trust. That makes a lot of sense. And I'm glad you brought up the idea of how it's kind of the self-trust is tied into showing up for yourself and actually giving it a practice, not just a, hmm, I'm going to listen to this and (laughs) then move on. So for a woman in my community who's journaling curious, but just has never literally tried it, what's the best way to physically start a journaling practice that is deep enough that you're giving yourself an opportunity to experience the transformation that I know throughout my own life that can happen when you have a journaling practice, but also not so, you know, intense that it becomes a sense where they aren't showing up for themselves and it becomes a feeling of self-betrayal or like one more thing they're not keeping up with. What is that happy medium starting place for the average woman who's starting a practice? Yeah. Great question. I think it definitely starts with your mindset. I would first ask myself, why do you want to journal? Because is it something that someone said you should be doing? Is it something that you know you need to be doing? What's the purpose? Are you journaling to keep your commitments? Are you journaling to just write about your day and the happenings in your day? Are you journaling for some questions that you have? You know, why Why do you want to begin this practice? And then as you establish your why, I would say, number two, release yourself of any expectation. Don't look at other people and compare their practices to your practices. Just be content to show up for yourself at the time that you say in your book and write, even if it's just one thought, just write that. And the word, I love using the word practice because journaling just seems like this long life, long left, you know, this activity that we do. And for many of us, it is. We've been doing it for many, many years. But practice as even a medical practice, you, you get better as you go. And so don't have expectations of yourself. Like I need to write 30 minutes straight or I need to have five pages or I need to write every single morning or every single night. Just write as it comes, write as it as you feel it. You can look at um, nature and 
the changing of the seasons and just be curious. Journaling really makes you curious about the world because you begin to look around for things that will encourage you to write. And so when this, I can look around now in nature, I love nature. And I'm like, okay, that tree over there is budding. How does that relate to my life? And I may write, write about the trees budding, but where am I growing? Where am I budding? What am I producing? How is creativity emerging from me within this season as we transition? You can look at a prompt, any prompt, someone tune in to what people are saying, listen for trigger words as you're reading, look for two or three words that jump out at you on the page and write about that. You can get a prompted journal and that's very helpful to just get you encouraged or inspired to write. You can just buy a regular journal. You can get a notebook. You can get a pencil. It's, it's not as serious as I think many people like to make journaling. It's just getting some paper. It can be a napkin and a pen and just write down some thoughts that are very true and very honest and just do that as often as you can. Yes, absolutely. And I love, first of all, I can picture sitting in nature, having such natural opportunities, just like peek around and and jump off of of so many things. So that's a good suggestion to try for listeners who haven't tried that. I also think something I wanted to share as that is coming up for me is just a reminder that this is about for me, and I'd love to hear your opinion on this. It's about the process. These words are very private and it's not some means to an end for me, you know, it, it, I've written in lots of capacities in my life. And sometimes when I'm journaling, someone will be like, what are you writing? What are you doing with that? And it's, there's just such a distinction between this type of journal writing. Can you share if you've kind of hit up against that with any of your members of your community and, and anything you have to say about that? Yeah. If there's so many different ways to write Whitney you know that it's just there's so many so many reasons to write and so many different kinds of practices and like you said the process of journaling for some are just ongoing just ongoing how do you use journaling for personal development for clarity and focus both (laughs) okay yeah so some people just write every day just to know you know or reflect on your life for the day, perhaps, you know, what went right today? What didn't go right? You know, what can I do to show up better for myself tomorrow? Those simple questions, you know, reflecting on your thoughts and your feelings and your choices for that day. And then others use journaling for a specific time period for a purpose. And that's kind of what I teach a little bit of reflection and self-awareness. Yes. But also what I like to call applied journaling And so if you are, let's say you're a woman in chaos and you don't have your stuff together, you're always late or it's hard to show up fully. You don't know exactly what you want. You're, I mean, it's just so many things. You're, you're depleted. You may be, maybe a business owner. You're burned out a lot. You're not sure of your values in your business anymore and how they align with how you're living your life. You're feeling this distraction, this frustration, this excessive stress. Okay. So I can help that person tap into why are you here? Why are you depleted? And we will use journaling specifically to walk you through that process for the end goal of self-renewal 
or the end goal of a little bit more clarity or focus. And so I love using journaling in that way where you just use, you don't just write. A lot of us sometimes just write and leave it there. And I'm very strong. I'm a very strong advocate for not just writing, but acting on your writing, applying your journaling practice to your life. And that's a deeper level of journaling. That's not beginner level journaling. I understand that. But that's kind of how I use it. But it's, it's just so open. Journaling could be used for creativity. Art. Do you do art in your journals or just use words? So I I don't do art. I feel like that's I, words are more my thing, but I have used journaling for creative recovery purposes. So mm-hmm. I get yeah. where you're going. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's art journaling and that's for people do that for healing practices, but it's also for creativity. There's just to-do list journaling or bullet journaling. You're just writing just for productivity purposes, you know, what you want to accomplish as far as your goals and creating new habits. So it's like a tracking kind of system for journaling. So anyway, it's, it's just a whole lot of different reasons to write. But I think the most effective way, in my opinion, is transformative writing. Again, finding out who you are internally and then being able to recognize and live according to who you want to be. Journaling is like the bridge between the person you are and the person you want to be. And having prompts that will specifically be your roadmap and your journey between those two, but in that transition, I think that's how journaling can be very, very impactful and very effective. But essentially, just writing down things could be effective to a purpose. That's not like a whole lot. I'll just say it, but I hope that makes sense. Well, let's, I, you have so much to offer. So let's, I wanted to take a step back because you talked about kind of the overwhelmed, burnt out woman. And I know, I mean, for example, I know you have kids, you have a business, you have a podcast, you have lots of, lots of things going on in your life, but you are living your truth. You have such a calming presence. So I feel like you can speak with authority on so many levels about this topic. So for the woman who's like, oh my God, I can barely get my teeth brushed. When am I journaling? What would you say to her? This is my woman. I've been that woman. And the reason why I can speak so frankly about the burnout experience, the overwhelm experience, because I've lived that life for the last 30 plus years. And so it's really about what I'm noticing lately is noticing what nourishes you and what depletes you. And again, taking a moment, I love to to remind people and myself as well to pause and breathe in the life as you go. Life just goes and flows and never stops unless you make it stop, unless you Take time to pause and breathe and then notice what you need and then nourish yourself right there in that moment. And when you're noticing what is depleting me right now and the things that we think are filling us up are really depleting us. I had a client, a student, her name is Julie, and she is a business owner and has a lot going on. And she said, I really thought my business was fueling me, 
but my business was depleting me the way she was running her business. And so she went through one of my classes and she noticed the what the what what she was doing that she thought was helpful was not serving her. And so when you're stopping and taking time to notice what is nourishing me, what is depleting me? And then if you're able to remove those distractions, those depleting distractions from your life, you really find that you have a lot of more time than you think you do. And so making that choice to make time for yourself, I think that is so important. And, and if you write a list about what really needs to be done in a day, everything you have on that list more than likely does not need to be done that day. You can delegate some things. You can push some things to the back burner. You can eliminate some things off of your plate. And I think we fill our plates way too much, but it's imperative, especially for us who are serving others in our work and in our lives. It's imperative that we serve ourselves first. And I'm trying to get that message across. You need to nourish yourself first. Find five minutes. You don't have to take 30 minutes a day. It takes two minutes to brush your teeth. So you can find two minutes in your day. If you can't find two minutes in your day, okay, you're you're doing extra. Like it's something that you're getting distracted by something or you're planning too much. There's too much on your plate because we can find five minutes. We can't, we have to. And I'm sure every single person can find five minutes in their day to just sit and breathe. And that's the base form of self-care is just deep breathing just stopping, just pausing. And so while you're in that breath of pause, you can just have your journal with you. Just write down right now, I'm feeling this right here, right now, I need this. This one thing I'm gonna give myself is two minutes of walking outside. The children are in the house, they're screaming, crying. They're gonna be okay for two minutes. Just go outside, stretch, walk. If you have an email, that email could be responded to in the next 30 minutes. Go outside, stretch, walk. So just finding those simple things, not making it such a huge idea of self-care or taking care of ourselves. It's it's really simple. And journaling is just included in that self-care habit if that's something that you want to do because journaling is not for everyone. And that sounds horrible to me to say that, but it's the (laughs) truth because everyone has their own self-care or self-renewal practice. And it may not be for everyone, this may not be a writer and that's okay. But as long as you take a moment for yourself on a daily basis, commit to that moment. That's again, that self-trust, trusting yourself to take care of yourself when the need arises. These are such important messages for women to hear. And I know from my personal experience that if I... (laughs) take the powerful step. I'm a big fan of actually just deleting things off the list and being like, Ooh, actually not that much happened when I dropped that ball, except I had more space. So I'm totally on board with what you just shared. And in my experience, it's been super powerful that when I actually prioritize self-care, I think a lower version, old version of me would have been like, Oh my gosh, how much, you know, I have so much to do so much to do. But then somehow magically, when you take care of yourself in a way that works for you, maybe Mm -hmm. journaling, maybe something else, everything else that you are doing comes a little bit more simple, a little bit more efficient, a little bit more joyful, a little bit more easeful. So there's that relationship as well. Have you experienced that? Yes, definitely. 
what I've done, I started this two years ago in 2020, getting up early. I'm not an early morning person. My creative hours are three o'clock in the morning, like 10 p.m. to 3 a.m. You can find me doing all the things. So, but with children, that's very hard. School starts in the morning, got to get up at six o'clock. And so what I began to do was make myself, commit to myself to getting up at 5.30 in the morning. So I can have at least 30 minutes to one hour for myself before diving into our day. And I find that it was so hard to do that. And I don't do it every single day. And that's okay. I have self-compassion. It's okay. I can do it again tomorrow, maybe if I feel like it. But I do wake up earlier and just taking that time to connect with myself in meditation or in prayer or in writing or just drinking water or sitting down and drinking tea for 15 minutes before the household awakens. I have so much more energy, Whitney, so much more clarity and focus to be able to have that compassion and that space for my children and for my clients, for my students, and for the rest of the day, where before, if I wake up and I don't get a chance to take care of myself in that way, I'm edgy, I'm frustrated, I'm overwhelmed, and I'm burned out at the end of the day and crashing. And so it's not easy, but once you find out what works for you, it just becomes a non-negotiable. And I think that many of us need to create non-negotiables around our lives and prioritize that self-care, that time to take good care of ourselves before we schedule anything else. And it's amazing how it happens. We'll find ourselves so much more mindfully productive, so much more intentional about the things that we do have to get done. And it, it, it is amazing, but it works. Yes, 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 yes to all of the above. Thank you for sharing yeah. your own practice. I just wanted to ask, I know we're almost the time, but For some of my listeners that maybe have had a journaling practice for a while, but it just seems a little sporadic or they're, they're ready to lean into it a little bit more. I know that you, like you said, there's, I don't want to scare anybody off from starting a practice, but there's, there are layers and levels and and deeper ways to use the practice. So I'm wondering if you can share out a little bit of maybe how you can make what comes up in a meaningful reflection? Like you feel like you had a moment of truth and connection with yourself that poured onto the page. How can you then, to go back to what you said several questions ago, how can you take action with what you discover? Well, the first thing I want to share is that I often tell my people, your journaling practice serves you and you don't serve your journaling practice. And so we don't have to feel like we failed if we are sporadic because we can write as the, as the words come and sometimes the words are not there and that's okay. Sometimes we can just reflect in our minds. Hmm, why did I just respond like that to her? Or why did I just act that way? You know, that's even reflection. And so when we're writing, here's an easy practice. Here's an easy practice. If I can go down the whole rabbit trail. So number one, respond to this prompt. What am I thinking right now? Write that down. Number two, what am I feeling right now? And this would be very helpful if you're doing this in conjunction with a specific experience. So when I start writing a little bit deeper, 
I notice things that show up in myself that I don't really care for. And so let's say I responded in a certain way to my husband because of something he said. I would write down, what am I thinking right now about him, about me, about what just transpired? What am I feeling about him, about me, about the situation? And what are my choices? And after I would just flush that out, you know, why did I respond? Was it because what he said was true, kind of hit close to home? Was it because I was feeling the same thing and he put it into words, but I didn't want to hear them from him? You know, that's like a real thing. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> yeah. all right. So I'm process. Yeah. So processing that, taking time to process that emotion instead of holding it in. Yeah, I'm angry or I'm frustrated or I'm edgy. Put that on the paper. Right now I feel angry. Right now I feel frustrated. Right now I feel edgy. Okay. Why do I feel like this? Because I felt maybe disrespected or I felt like this was whatever you felt. Just write that down and then look at it from a different perspective. You know, how can I show up better with my response next time? Or what if he didn't mean the situation? You know, just asking those questions. What can I do differently? Can I clarify with him? Okay, honey, what did you mean when you said that? Because most of the time, how I think is not how he thinks. And so he meant something totally different than how I received it. And so I can say, okay, well, my action I can take is based off, off of this reflection, I will clarify with him. This is how I feel. Did you really mean this? Okay, I can do that. Number two, I can take what he said as truth. Does this need to happen in this way? Okay, maybe it does. So I could do these things, whatever it is. And so then in the next situation, when that happens again, you can remind yourself, oh, I know what to do in a situation. I'm going to clarify instead of assuming or, you know what, I'm going to get this done so he won't have to say this, you know, and that can be with any relationship that you have. But just working with your emotions in that process in relation to how you are behaving and your choices and seeing what is serving you. Again, I love these questions. What is not serving you? What can I shift? What's one small thing I can shift to have a better result next time? And then do make that one shift. And the next time, make that one shift and continue to reflect. Is, is this working? Is this not working? Okay. What can I just navigate? How can I navigate differently? And continue that process. And that's a very simple process, but very powerful as well. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. That's very actionable. And unless you're superhuman, I think all of us who are in any long-term relationships know that there are certain ways that we get triggered. And I think that just knowing if you're getting triggered in the same way, there is an opportunity exactly. to reflect on it. And instead of not that you can't talk to your friends about it or something like that, but it's pretty powerful if you talk to yourself about it, mm -hmm. right? Yes. Because only you can do something about it, you know? Yeah. All right. I think we're all going to take it to the page now. Thanks to Nicole. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. So we are out of time, but I always close my podcast episodes with asking each guest, each woman, the same thing. And we've covered a lot of, a lot of this already. So if you, it's okay if it's a repeat, but I always ask what question should women be asking themselves more often? Yeah, my favorite question, hands down, is what do I need right now? 
again, we're all, women are, most of us are just, we, we just have a desire to serve others and we're always putting others before ourselves. And we're always asking, what do you need? What do you need? How can I serve? How can I serve in our lives and businesses? And we really ask, what do I need right now? And focusing on how to nourish myself in the moment. And so I think that's the most powerful question that we can ask ourselves as women. Thank you. Thank you for that beautiful offering. And I know that you have a lot of cool things going on. So just take a minute and tell us more about where we can follow you, find you and support you because I am confident my listeners will want to learn more about you and and what you have to offer. Sure. My online home, I love this community is Instagram. And you can find me there at journal junkie with the Y. And Instagram, I often share just my thoughts, maybe some things in my journals, some mini trainings on how you can take your, how you can make a difference in your life via the journaling practice. And I'm also on www.letswriteforachange.com. That's my website. And you can find, I create books and journals and author journals. And those are found on my website and on Instagram as well. And so, yeah, those two places are, are my home online. Wonderful. All right. Well, we'll make sure to capture all of that in the show notes. And I really enjoyed this conversation. So thank you for sharing your time and energy today. It's been an honor. Thank you so much, Whitney. I'm so glad you joined me today. If you're looking for more, feel free to connect with me on Instagram at, at Whitney Woman. And if you enjoyed the show, I invite you to support me by leaving a review or sharing it with a friend. Hope you have an inspired day.